Hello everyone, my name is Angelica Waters and I just wanted to take the time to reintroduce myself and explain the reason and purpose behind my podcast, Heal. This podcast will be dedicated to that person that is ready to accept their hurt, their pain, their illness, or mental health issue and turn that process of exception into a healing triumph. As a young black woman living in a world with so much pressure, I dealt with trauma that hindered my growth process until I came into the power of acceptance. And I call that my starting point to heal. Once I embarked in my journey of healing, I was able to reconnect with my true self, now stronger and wiser. I am ready to share my journey and allow others to share their healing journey by allowing my podcast to be a safe place. Healing is a journey and you shouldn't have to heal alone. If you are ready to take your life back, this podcast is just for you. Now let's heal. Assalamu alaikum family, peace and blessings and welcome back to another episode of Heal with Angelica Waters podcast where we discuss all things healing and on today's episode I have a special guest joining me today, Brother Nori Muhammad, student minister of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, author, activist, mentor and entrepreneur as we will be discussing today's topic the divine love of the man and woman. Brother Nori, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Oh, it is my honor, Sister Angelica, and I too am happy to be on your wonderful uh, growing and thriving platform and honor to share space and time with you and your consistent listeners, viewers, and subscribers. <laughs> Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Brother Nori. Again, I am so excited. Um, now, before we get started on today's highly requested and profound topic, I would like to introduce my special guest to those who may not know. <laughs> Brother Nori is known for messages that have a balanced mix of inspiration and information, which has made him one of the most sought after speakers in the country. Whether it is a high school, church, college, prison, banquet, or conference, his gift to collaborate scripture, science, and history is, a, is in a user-friendly way, has him delivering hundreds of messages a year in the United States and abroad. He is the author of six books, Before You Say I Do, After You Say I Do, let this mind be in you, the seven jewels of God, the black woman, the second self of God, and well-made men, three of which are bestsellers on Amazon book. Nori Muhammad has appeared on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God, DJ Envy, Angela Yee, The Daily Show with Trevor Noel, Revolt TV, Vlad TV with DJ Vlad, Ebro in the Morning on Hot 97, and The Joe Biden Podcast. In addition to the national and international con contribution he makes, Brother Nori takes great pride in being the student minister of Muhammad Mosque number 74 in Indianapolis. 
Now, let's get started on today's topic, the divine love of the man and woman. <laughs> now, right. I have a quote here from you, from the book, before you say I do. Um, it states here, it actually caught my attention. I love it. So it states here that the mate we choose will either aid in our growth and development into greatness or confine us to complacency. They will either be our other half or make us half of ourselves. Yeah. Now that, yes. <laughs> and that brings me to my first question for you, Brother Nori. What is the importance of finding a mate that is equally yoked? Wow. Well, of course, you know, the I, that is my paraphrasing of multiple, uh, you know, how everybody now is talking about multiple streams of income. <laughs> but that is my compilation, that statement that uh, the mates you choose will either inspire you to grow into your greatness or confine you to complacency. They'll either be your other half or they'll make you half for yourself uh, is the product of multiple streams of inspiration that I got from the minister. And one of those streams was this statement, Sister Angelica. He said this. He said that a good relationship brings out the best in you and makes you more youthful, while a bad relationship will bring out the worst in you and cause you to age prematurely. So in Islam, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, has in one of his sayings, he said marriage is one half of faith. But marriage is only half of your faith in the context that it's a good, positive marriage that is going to make you more youthful and bring out the best in you. But if the minister is telling us that not only can a good relationship bring out the best and make you more youthful, but a bad one can bring out the worst and cause you to age prematurely, then marriage is not just half of your faith. It can also be half of your fall mm. if you're connected to the wrong uh, person. So it is very important um, for a male and a female and even more important for a, a woman to properly plant her love in the right environment. Because just as it is with any seed, if you plant it in toxic soil, it absorbs what's in the environment of the toxic soil and the toxicity of the soil can become a part of the toxicity of the plant. So it is with a man or a woman that plants their love in the wrong place. Whatever makes you plant your love in, whatever negative they are, it's a possibility it will become a part of you. So it's very, very important. The second most important decision you could ever make in your life after choosing to believe in God is choosing the right man or woman to spend the rest of your life with. Yes, yes, I love that, Brother Nori. Thank you so much for that. Now, um, with you explaining that, um, you mentioned um, toxic, toxic soil. Now, um, I've noticed that um, we uh, have a, um, we have a thing where we, uh, like to enter into toxic uh, relationships. Um, what makes a relationship toxic? Well, of course, first first thing is immoral, uh, wrong. That is the first 
and the most, uh, I guess, the most identifiable aspect of toxicity. And then, of course, um, when you deal with temperament, attitude, spirit, disposition, uh, you don't want to be in as a woman in a relationship with a man that lacks patience Mm -hmm. and has a temper. That's a tempered man is a toxic man. Likewise, you don't want to be uh, in a relationship with a woman that has a high level of insecurity and poor self-worth. That becomes a toxic woman. Uh, And the list goes on and on. Of course, the best thing that any one of us can do is take time to sit down and write out a description of what we think an ideal mate looks like. Man should pick a woman. What's your ideal woman look like? Woman, pick a man. What is your definition? What are the descriptions? What are the characteristics, the personality traits? What are the character traits? What are, what are, what are the, uh, the qualities you're looking for in an ideal man? Make your list. And when you are engaged in investigation and courtship, see if that man meets up to 70% of your definition of an ideal man. And if he does, that's a sign that compatibility is present. Uh, If he doesn't, then you may, uh, if you settle for three out of 10 and you think you're going to love the other seven out of them, you'll find yourself in a bad situation because those other traits that are missing uh, are a good sign that they have something in the place of that positive trait you're looking for that probably is a negative trait and that will give any female on that side and male on the other side a good description of what is toxic to you yes yes absolutely absolutely i love that um now you mentioned um writing out the ideal mate now do you believe that one should carry the attribute of the actual idea mate that they want to I guess attract yes you know all the spiritual traits Mm -hmm. of course the personality traits uh you should only marry someone that is opposite you maybe in temperament but they should have the same kind of personality you don't want to marry a homebody if you're an outgoing person (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to marry someone that that doesn't like to enjoy life or nature and you love being outside and you love activities. You you find someone that has the the common denominators. That's isn't that how you put fractions together in mathematics? <laughs> isn't it some sister Angelica that when people uh get married or are with somebody they call that person their other half? Yes. <laughs> well, if they're your other half, you're telling me that you're not a whole person yourself. So if that's the case and we are fractions and it is true, we are that, then when you want to add fractions together to produce a whole number, mathematically speaking, you must find a common denominator. And once you find the common denominator, then you can add fractions together produce a whole thing so it should be with the mate you're choosing they should have a lot in common with you 
common denominators, things that you are, things that you like to be, things that you like to do so that you can be added together and you all can become uh, a whole institution as one. So, yes, there should be those traits present. And you can find for anybody that has a Holy Quran, you can find the traits for compatibility that should be at the top of your list. See, at the top of your list of an ideal man shouldn't be physical traits. You shouldn't be making your list of what an ideal man is. And you got dark skin, bald head, and 6'2", <laughs> loves it. No, you, 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 you're supposed <laughs> to put some spiritual traits at the top yeah. of that, you know. And, and so the Holy Quran in the 35th chapter, uh, it lays out around the 20th verse, it lays out 10 different spiritual traits that you should be looking for in yourself to be considered a good person, a good believer, a good Muslim. And 10 spiritual traits you should be looking for in that one you want to call husband or wife. Make that the top priority that you want to see in yourself and your mate. And then you can start listing some of those other uh, personality traits that you like. And, and then, of course, you know, you never show the person that you are thinking about or that you're courting. You want to keep that to yourself and just observe them yeah. and see if they manifest naturally those traits. And if they do, and you do the math, when you go home after you, have been at the restaurant, at the movie, or, or on that walk. You can say, based upon my interaction for this last week with so-and-so, yeah, check mark, check mark, check mark. Yeah, he's, look, he's looking pretty good. I got <laughs> 20 things on there. He's already at number, he's already at 10. If he can get four more out of these 20, that's a 70% ratio. That's a sign of compatibility. I can work <laughs> on the other six later on. <laughs> I love how you explained that, Brother Nori. Thank you so much. <laughs> a lot. Yes. Um, so um, I believe that um, a lot of us don't have the um, understanding of what love truly is. Um, do you mind letting us know what is love? Well, that to me, that kind of is one of the most attractive aspects of this show when you called it divine the divine love uh between a man and a woman technically there's no other type of love but divine scripture says in the bible god is love and is in mathematics is an equal sign and in mathematics when you put something on two sides of an equal sign is saying that whatever's on each side possesses the same amount of power and value. So if God is love, God equals love, everything that God is and God can do, love is and love can do. And since God, Allah, he's the most high God, then it's a lie to say I fell in love. How can you fall in? If you fall in, you're going down. <laughs> but if he, God is love and he's the most high, you don't fall into love. You climb into love. 
with intelligence. You climb into love with, with proper communication. If you fell into something, you went from where you were to down. You didn't fall into love. You fell into lust. Ooh. So there is no other love uh, but divine because God uh, is love. So that is the that is the first concept that has to be uh, realized and recognized by an individual is that love is in and of itself divine and the proper male and female relationship is to be married. And when one is married, look at what marriage is called, holy matrimony, a covenant connection, a sacred union, covenant connection, sacred union, holy matrimony. These are all high level spiritual terms. So if marriage is under the umbrella of high level spiritual terms, and God is love, then we have to be careful that we're not mistaking lust or basic carnal attraction for love. God is love and spiritual is the real root of what relationships should be tied to, not the physical and not the material. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that. Now you know um, what happened. To, you know what happened to Tina Turner. <laughs> Tina Turner <laughs> was with, with with Ike all them years, and you know, according to her track record of what she says, she's getting verbally abused and physically abused. So as she began to experience all that, she 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 made a song, and she just said, "What's love got to do with it?" <laughs> look at her there you go. what's love but a second hand emotion ain't that something Ooh. so she has given a new definition to love that has cheapened the definition of love based mm-hmm. upon her experience with somebody that told her that he loved her how many of us have done the bad mathematics in our own mind and come up, came up with the definition of love that's not rooted in scripture, not rooted in nature, not even rooted in the dictionary, but just rooted in the past experience that we had with somebody that said they loved us. So we've got to be retaught, retrained, and we've got to put on spiritual lenses, look at the dictionary, look at the scripture, look at nature. And let that be what love is. No, love's not a secondhand emotion. Matter of fact, love's not even an emotion. Love is the mother of all emotions. It's much bigger than that. But if you've been Tina Turner, or if you've been Ike, then you may have a misdefinition. So let's come on up so we stop falling in the lust, calling it love. Let's climb up in the love spiritual holy matrimony sacred union covenant connection that's what a true bond of a male and female should be <laughs> yes brother nori i love it yes thank you so i actually see we have a question here in the comments um it states here if one marries someone by lust but didn't recognize it at that time by a lie are those two supposed to work it out yes 
They're supposed to try to work it out. See, at the end of the day, uh, what else do we have but our word? Mm. And the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, when he was being uh, questioned by his teacher, Master Father Muhammad, really just not just seeing how much wisdom did the honorable Elijah Muhammad learn from his teacher, but he wanted to see how much character that he developed, how much integrity that he had uh, in his possession. What was his spiritual constitutional integrity like as a Muslim or a man or a student? Look at this question. He, Master Father Muhammad, asked the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, have you not learned that your word shall be bond regardless to whom or what? Honorable Elijah Muhammad answers, yes, sir. My word is my bond and bond is life and I shall give my life before my word shall fail. See, once you put your word out there in front of God, in front of your family, in front of your friends, and you say, look at, look at what you committed to, my brother. Look at what did, did, were the vows. Do you pledge to be faithful, sincere, and devoted? Look at this, through richer or poor, in sickness and in health. Hold on. For better or for worse, till death do you part. So even if you made uh, a decision and you made that decision and it was more lust than it was love, it was more physical than it was spiritual. You already put your word out there and Allah allowed you to give your word. And so did she. So he believes in your ability to convert lust into love and convert the physical into the spiritual. You all just have to record each other. Look at that. Courtship after marriage. Record. Get to know each other on the spiritual, psychological level. And guess what you'll find? you'll see that there's things about her that she didn't, that you didn't notice because you probably engaged in the physical act of sexual intercourse before marriage and the emotion that comes from sexual intimacy has the ability to ill affect the pineal and the pituitary gland. And it actually sounds the judgment centers uh, of the brain. So you're not able to make a sane decision because you were physically connected to each other before you were spiritually and mentally connected. And, and as a result, your vision was cloudy. So you couldn't see her for what she was and she couldn't see you for what you were. But now the clouds has cleared up. And now I'm starting to see, oh man, do this airplane, the wing is broke. <laughs> it's missing a propeller. What? It, 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 it don't, it don't, it, it's, me, it's rusted out. I didn't know that. <laughs> but your job now is to say, you know what? I'm damaged. She's damaged. We both made a decision with clouded judgment. We see things clear now, but my word is my bond and bond is life. 
I said richer or poor, better or worse than sickness and health to death do us part. I'm going to make my word bond or do all I can to make it happen. So work it out. Strive to make the marriage what it should be and recommit to recording. And and you'll find traits about her that you didn't know. And she's done the same. Maybe you all could help each other by showing each other what you've noticed in a very kind, friendly way and be willing to accept each other's flaws, faults, and defects and help each other to work it out. Don't tell him or her what you need to work on and this is what I'm gonna do. Let her tell you what she thinks she needs to work on and ask and tell you how you can help her to better achieve that and vice versa. And if you all do that, I think that you will be able to uh, grow a healthy spiritual material and physical bond with each other. You can defeat the old lust that brought you together and mm-hmm. produce the love that'll keep you together to death do you part. Yes, yes, I love it. Thank you so much for that, Brother Nori. I love that. Now, um, I wanted to know, now, um, is healing before you enter into a relationship necessary? Well, you know, of course, um, I, I would say the word healing with the ing on the end, because to be healing means that I am in the process of being made well or being made whole mentally, spiritually, physically, and financially. So that, yes, you should be in the process. Do you have to be healed? Suffix ed, meaning the past participle of the verb to heal, meaning you've already finished the process and you are completely whole mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. No, you don't have to be all the way to the finish line. But I will suggest this. You have to make sure that you are single before you ever try to get married. And I got news for you. Sisters and brothers in the viewing audience, living alone and not having someone you call a mate doesn't necessarily mean that you're single. It just means that you live alone. But to be single means that you have to be single in mind and single in heart, not just single in your house. To be single in mind means that you do not have any resentment in your mind for the opposite sex solely based upon what someone from the opposite sex did to you in the past. Single in heart means that you are not still in love with and desirous of a relationship with someone you used to be with. Because if you get into a new relationship and you have not at least healed from that past bad relationship, or you have healed to the extent that you have gotten over the fact that you have no possibility to be with the one that you used to be with in the past and you no longer desire that, then if you get into the relationship and you're not single in mind, you'll hold the new man or the new woman accountable for the old man and old woman's mistakes. And every time they say or do anything that 
in the past started some bad cycle of action on the part of your old mate, you're going to automatically think when they say it or do it, that a bad cycle of action is coming from your new mate and you're going to restrict and you're going to treat that new mate as if they are responsible for what the old mate did. That's unjust and unfair to the new one. And if you're single, if you're not single in heart, every time that there is a disagreement between you and the one you're with, you're going to have a thought in your mind. I wish I was still with so-and-so and you might slip up and let that come out of your mouth. And uh, there goes maybe not the whole neighborhood, but there goes your house. <laughs> so, so that, Angelica, yes. You know, we we have to all be in the process of healing, um, but we don't have to all the way be healed. We, but we should be at least solid because you can't build a solid relationship if you're not a solid individual yourself. Yes, yes. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Yes. Um, now, um, I wanted to know because you brought up um being single like what actually what is being single um now what is one mistake that people make in their singleness when they're wanting to be in a relationship well there you know in the book before you say i do that that i have out uh which is available on amazon and it's on nurimohammed.com there is a chapter with about I think it's 17 different things that are listed that you do not want to have in your mind or in your life before you step out there uh, and start thinking about a new relationship. Mm. So one of the greatest impediments is revenge relationships or, or a rebound relationship. You're mad at the one. So you want to find somebody to be with so that you can can really slap the other person in the face by finding someone that may appear to be better than the one that that left you or did you wrong in your judgment. Rebound relationship, meaning that you are still emotionally injured from the disconnection from the past. So you're looking for somebody, whoever it can be, to fill that emotional void. No, get over the past relationship, get over the heart, the hurt and the sadness and get yourself into a happy place as an individual so that you know that you're not clouded by the emotion of sorrow like you may have been clouded by the emotion that came from sexual activity before you got married to the last one that messed up your judgment of who you were dealing with. So it is very important um, in that sense that that you make sure that you are single in mind and you're single in heart and that you are emotionally stable and you don't feel like you need a man or I need a woman. And if I don't have a man or a woman, what am I going to do? I'll never be able to smile and have no joy in my life. Well, that's called being thirsty. <laughs> and you are setting yourself up. Do you know when somebody is thirsty, depending on how thirsty they are, they'll drink anything. 
You just <laughs> looking, you're just looking for something wet, cold and wet, if you can find it. <laughs> There's some things that you can drink that might be cold and might be wet, but they won't quench your thirst. In fact, they might even cause you to be thirstier after you finish drinking that human beer or that human Kool-Aid or that human lemon, whatever it is, you, your, that human soda, whatever you <laughs> And now your, your mouth is cold and wet, then all of a sudden you realize you're still thirsty. Well, what you needed was water. Not, you know, pop or Kool-Aid lemonade or a beer. You needed some water. That's what the body was calling for. So it's, you know, be careful. Be careful and, you know, check it out. There's a whole chapter that deals with uh, multiple things that should not be present in your mind or in your life uh, whenever you are considering uh, a new relationship. If you have any of them present, it could damage your perception and cause you to make uh, uh, a bad decision in your planning of your love. Yes. <laughs> I love it, Brother Nuri. <laughs> All praise is to Allah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I see here we have another question here in the comments. It states here, how much should you know before you before going into a courtship? Well, I'm assuming that this is in reference to how much should you know uh, about the person that you're mm -hmm. going to to court. This is the reason why, you know, courtship, of course, for those that are in the viewing audience, there is a difference between courtship and dating. Mm -hmm. Courtship is like dating in the sense that you're getting to know the opposite sex that you're not married to. But dating has no goal and objective. It is just interacting and communicating with the opposite sex for the sake of communicating and interacting with the opposite sex. But courtship is when you communicate and interact with the goal of investigating and figuring out whether this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. So marriage is the goal uh, of, of courting. You're looking for that one that may be your mate. Dating has no law no rules. Courtship does. Uh, in dating, you do what you want to do with whoever you feel like doing it with, and you do it, you go you go wherever you want to go by yourself and do whatever. But, but in courtship, you have a chaperone, preferably a couple that goes with you everywhere you go uh, in the public spaces, and you don't spend any quiet, private, alone time with someone that you're getting to know. Because if you do, we know the law of nature will override written law and all it takes is being uh, in proximity of the opposite sex and conversation and touch happens. And the next thing you know, you've engaged in an act that you regret. So chaperone. And then, of course, in courtship, there is no pre uh, marital sex allowed. So that's courtship. Versus dating. Now, before you even enter the courtship, it would be good if you can observe the way that the person that you uh, are interested in, how do they interact with other people? And more importantly, how do they interact with God himself? So if, if you're watching them, what's their spiritual relationship like? How active are they 
in the mosque or the community that you you believe and worship in number one number two how did they get along with other people so you kind of you, you you have to you have to be kind of like uh someone on the other side of the glass that would be looking for a suspect you're not looking for a suspect you're looking for a prospect <laughs> and you know when you go to 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 a lineup they put you on one side of the, the glass you can see them, but they can't see you. That's how you should be before you ever enter into asking somebody to talk to you or court you. You should be on the other side of the glass observing them where they can see you, but you or you can see them, but they can't see you. They don't know you're looking. And then you're analyzing how they interact uh, with other people. Now, I did learn that that you can before you even want to court someone. The minister said that you can have a private conversation with them, uh, have someone meet you all, go to a coffee shop and sit down and just say, I, I just would like to ask a few questions and um, talk to you about, you know, how you're thinking, your goals and so forth and so on. I'm single and you're single. I'm not saying this is a courtship, but I just would like to talk to you to see where your head is. Uh, and she might tell you, yes, sir, I appreciate the invitation, but I'm not single in mind right now. Mm. Or I'm not single in heart right now. So it's not a, I'm not at a good place right now to want to court uh, anybody at this time. But I thank you for the time and Thank you for my upside down triple dip caramel macchiato <laughs> with the extra whipped cream. Thank you. I appreciate it, but I'm not ready. Or you might find that, that there is some interest and then you can uh, use that conversation uh, to put in some papers to ask to court that sister. But that, you know, that that's kind of the way you have to be. You have to be, uh, on the other side of the glass, looking through the lineup, watching how people interact with other people. Because guess what? You're going to be other people one day if you get involved in a communication with that person. So wouldn't you like to know how they treat other people that they're not trying to win over to be a mate? Because at some point after they get you, they're not trying to win you over no more and you'll be treated like the others are. So watch them from a distance. Look through the glass. You can see them, but they shouldn't be able to see you. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, it's I, I guess I can go back to uh my my time, my generation. Um there is a lot of um I'm being authentic right now. It's a lot of uh situation shit. shit. Right. A lot of situationships that I see that is really taking a toll on our black women and on our black men. Now, why do you believe that there are less marriages and more situationships? Well, it 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 is because you know, I mean, it it was written in the Gospel of Big Mama. <laughs> I know y'all ain't heard of the gospel of Big Mama before. You heard of it, you just didn't know it was a gospel. But it, it's some stuff Big Mama said that's just as true as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, she 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 told us that a family that prays together stays together. 
that's not in the scripture, but Big Mama knew what she was talking about. <laughs> that that's what that's what she said. She another thing Big Mama said to little young girls that she seen being a little too loose, too easy. She said, "Look, why would you buy the cow when you can get the milk for free?" So a situation ship is literally getting the benefits of a proper relationship without making any commitment and taking up the responsibility as a man to maintain, protect, and provide. Now, it is, it is very serious for a male to be involved with a lot of women, but it is more serious when women are in relationships with many men. Men forget and move on. They might remember a little bit about the past, but their past relationship mistakes don't haunt them because men are not as deep as women are. See, it's a reason, sisters, that when they call talk about Africa, they call Africa the motherland. Mother, why she? Mother Earth. Think about that for a second. Every landmass is always called she. Why? Because whatever you put in the earth, you're going to get exactly back what you put in. So once you are involved in relationships, those relationships become a part of you. Those men you're with become a part of you. And those situationships have the potential to haunt you for the rest of your days. Men, not as much. So the reason why there's so many situationships and not marriages, the root cause of it is because there is too many women that are willing to open their knees before a man has got down on his knee. So if you make that man, if women universally said that we are not going to be involved in any physical relationship with the opposite sex until he proves to me that he wants to be my maintainer, my protector, my provider, and commits himself to me for the rest of his life. I promise you, the very week, that matter of fact, that next, if you do that on Thursday, sisters, <laughs> by Friday, all the courthouses will be full with men lined up asking for a marriage license. <laughs> so it's it's really the uh, the power of of the sisters. Uh, cheap cheap language, Big Mama used, but she used a tangible as a teachable cow milk for free. See, you're not going to buy the cow if you can just walk up and get the milk for free. Mm -hmm. A man's not going to commit if he can have what God put in you for a man without him having to do so. But if you say that from this day forward, we universally have agreed that that's not happening no more. I promise you there will be no more uh, situationships. It'll be a whole lot of courtships. Yes. And a whole lot of marriages. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. 
That brings me to my next question for you. Um, I listened to a lecture that you did, um, which was how to love a black woman and how to love a black man. Um, now you mentioned the importance of marriage in a black community. Um, why is marriage important in the black communities? Well, number one, you know, number one, the most powerful entity that exists in the universe is God himself. So whenever we do right, we earn the intervention and the favor of God. And when we do right, we can take God with us in every endeavor that we have. So if Allah God himself, think about this, Sister Angelica, the first institution that you read about that was created by Allah God in the Bible, Holy Quran, New Testament or Old Testament. It makes no difference which one you look. First institution that was created was not a school, not a college or university, not even a church or a mosque. The first institution created by God was the institution of marriage. So if the Lord of the worlds who created us and knows our nature better than we know our own, designed marriage as that institution, committed to a woman, committed to a man before there's ever any physical offspring, et cetera, et cetera, happening, then he's telling us that you do it like this, it'll save you a lot of heartache, a lot of hardship, a lot of broken heartedness. And guess what else? If you do it like this, because I'm the one that told you to do it, you'll be doing the right thing. You'll earn my intervention and my favor and I'll be with you in all of your endeavors. And since he is God, the most powerful force in the universe, who wouldn't want that most powerful force with them? So it, it has always been known by the slave makers, slave masters and slave traders. They learned by the intervention with black people before we were kidnapped and Caucasianized and Westernized in America. They learned that our power base has always been family structure. So what did they do? When Napoleon went into the Pyramid Giza and seen on the wall, the gods, he always seen the male God and the female God right next to him. There never was on the walls of the Pyramid Giza a picture of, of Osiris without Isis. There never was in the Pyramid walls an uh, image of Alafun without his queen Ilida. There never was Os Osa without his queen Aset. Every time you've seen the male, you've seen the female. Now you go in the pyramid, you see they scratched away all of the images next to all the males because what are they? They're trying to make you know that they don't want you to know that they're not beside, but behind, not behind, but beside every strong black man has always been a strong black woman. So, first thing they did on a slave ship separated the husbands from the wives, put the male on one side female on the other, grabbed the female up every hour or two and took her to the top deck and raped her and then sent her back down. What is he doing? It's an attack on family. Then, then when we got to America, we were breeded like animals. A fertile woman from one plantation was stuck in a horse stable with a, with a, with a man from another plantation. They didn't even know each other, but they, we were made 
to engage in sexual intercourse to produce a slave for slave masters. Then as we began to fall in love on the plantation, it was illegal for black people to marry one another. Why? I know where your power is gonna come from. So now uh, here we are in post-traumatic slave syndrome. Here we are suffering from plantation psychosis. Here we are with premature cognitive commitment. We've been trained in a way by our enemy for the last 400 years to be apart from one another because they knew if we were together, we would be more powerful. Now here we are apart and all we're doing is having situationships which have no commitment in it. It yeah. doesn't bring God to the equation. So we've been, we've been weakened. We've been made less powerful than what we could be. And of course the enemy loves to see a less powerful black man and a less powerful black woman because that makes it easy for him to stay on top and us to be at the bottom. So if we came together, we would go up and take our rightful position as the new rulers of the planet. And they know it. We just got to come to that realization and get out of the situationships and back into the relationships that God designed. Oh my God, that was a beautiful response, Brother Nori. Oh, Thank you so much for that. Yes, yes, yes. We are getting close to the end of the show. I did have one more question to ask you. Right. Um, now, what advice would you give um, in regards to um, how do you love a black man as a black woman and how do you love a black woman as a black man? Wow. Well, of course, you, as you said, that is in uh, a lecture. And I think they might even somebody's put it up a couple of different versions of it are up on YouTube. Yeah. You can listen to it. Um, but I would suggest that my latest book that just came out, A Well-Made Man, uh, last week is available right now uh, on my site, nurimuhammad.com. And the second to last chapter is called How to Love a Black Woman. And I also have uh, a book, The Black Woman, God's Second Self. And there's a chapter in there called How to Love a black man, but suffice it to say a brief synopsis. Uh, I learned something from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He quoted a scripture uh, in the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, where it, it gives two different kinds of actions of love that, that men and women should give to each other. And in this particular verse, in the fifth chapter, I think the 23rd verse of Ephesians, there's gender specific commands from God on how a man can get the best out of a woman and how a woman can get the best out of her man or, or how each one can love each other, but in a different way and get the results that they're looking for. And it says, starting off, it says, and husbands should love their wives as they love themselves and wives must respect their husbands. So these are two different verbs. One is love, man to woman, and the other is respect from woman to man. So the language of a female, her love language is love. And the language of a male, his love language is not love, it's respect. So 
I've broken it down and I can't do it now because time won't let me. But suffice it to say, they did an interview with women all around the world in 2012 on the Today Show. And they interviewed women to ask them what were the things that they were looking for in a man. And when it all got consolidated and broke down, it was basically they came up with four things, but we added the fifth one because I learned it from the minister. It says that a woman was looking to a man uh, for a man to be loyal to her. As a general rule, women have been one man women, but men have not been one woman men. She wants to know that you are going to make me the one and the only. Number two, they wanted a man that would love them and, and love them in the sense of be kind and gentle, caring and, and, and care for her uh, in the sense of love, saying it and showing it. Number three, they wanted a man that would labor for, for her. They wanted a hard working man. They didn't care whether the man made more money. They just wanted to know that they had a man that would be willing to wake up early and get out in the field and be a go-getter and a hunter to try to build a legacy for his family and take care of her and whoever they brought into the world as children. Then she was looking for a man uh, with a sense of humor, laughter, a man that can make her laugh. And that's the, they, they, they finished at that. But I put another L on it. You got love, you got loyal, you got laughter, you got labor. But the minister said this. He said, an ignorant man will never be able to be a good husband to a woman. So you can't just love and labor and make her laugh and be loyal. You also have to be learned. You've got to know something. So that is the way that you love a black woman. Loyalty. Love. Uh, laugh. The other one I missed. Listen. Be a good listener. She women talk more than they than their problems out. Men think theirs out. Listen to her. Make her laugh. Labor for her and be a learned man. And you'll be able to get the best out of her. And for the woman, uh, respect. You know, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. You know, Otis Redden really wrote that song, not Aretha Franklin, another another lecture for another time. And he wrote <laughs> with his wife, respect. And you can break down the word respect into an acronym and you'll find in the ingredients the way, the method, the means by the use of each letter as a word on how a woman can get the best out of a man. R stands for respect. E stands for esteem, which means that that how do you treat that man in front of people that he admires and respects? S stands for your smile. It stands for your speech. Speak kind to him. Keep a smile on your face. And also sensual touch is the S. Men are more physical than women. And then you have R-E-S. You have the P. The P stands for uh, show that man that you are proud of him and proud to have him as your man. And then the next E is eat, feed him good food. Then C, be compassionate. Men are more sensitive than you think they are. And the last letter is T, train your children to love their father. You do that, sisters, and you do that, brothers, we're going to be able to have it. You say, I don't need to buy the book now. Yes, you do, because it's way more <laughs> that goes with all of that. Get the books. 
Don't be a lazy learner. Get you to get the books and read them for yourself. Yes, Brother Nori. Thank you so much for that. I also wanted just to give you a shout out. Oh, my God, I have your book, um, The Black Woman, Second Self of God. Oh, my gosh, it is so amazing. I read that book twice. And wow. ladies, yes, that book is amazing. And like he said, check his, check all his books out. It's perfect. Um, the ones after I, uh, after I say I do, before I say I do and after I say I do, amazing. Beautiful. So, and, yes, and yes, yes. The, the, you know, the sisters should read A Well-Made Man, too, and the brother mm -hmm. should read uh, The Black Woman, God's Second Self, so that you can have a, really, number one, you want to have a better understanding of what a good man and a good woman really looks like. Mm -hmm. If you're going to make a list of your ideal man, you want it to be informed by the proper ingredients and traits, and you may find that there are some traits uh, that you see in the woman that you have that shows her out to be that second self of God and you didn't realize and vice versa. So get them, get them both. Sisters, read the well-made man too uh, so that you can know what a good man looks like and know how to cultivate those qualities in the man you're with. And even more important, if you have a son, don't you want to train him up in the way that he should go? Yes. That when he grows old, he doesn't depart from you and he becomes a well-made man. And likewise, uh, brothers for the sister side, you want to know what a good black woman looks like, read the book. And then, of course, if you've got daughters, wouldn't it be nice for you to be cultivating those qualities in her so that she can be trained up in the child or train her up as a child in the way she should go? That when she does grow old, she becomes that second self of God not a second self of some man. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you again for joining me today, Brother Nori, and discussing this amazing topic, the divine love of the man and woman. I would also like to give a special thank you to my amazing audience, Annie Healing Tribe, for joining us today. I pray today's episode was informative and valuable to you all. Also, be sure to give us your feedback, share, and subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes on any of your favorite podcast stations and or on my YouTube channel, Hill with Angelica Waters Podcast, to help get the message out to those in need of healing. Also, check out my ebooks on health and wellness and the many merch like our Eat to Live in Heaven Equal Woman Tees listed in the link of the description. I will also include guest information where you can follow up and reach out to today's special guest, Brother Nori Muhammad, and get his book. It's so amazing. <laughs> yes. So, Brother Nori, before we end today's show, do you have any closing remarks for today's audience? Well, just to say this, um, don't feel bad uh, if you made bad decisions in this category of male and female relationships in the past. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said this. He said the so-called American Negro must be completely reeducated for he is unfit for himself. So that's a bad situation. Anytime you don't even fit you. That's how messed up we are. 
So the enemy has done a good job of keeping three sciences uh, from ever being taught to their slaves. And we are still stuck in the same rut without knowing those three knowledges, the knowledge of finance, the knowledge of warfare and the knowledge of mating or male and female relationships. So don't feel bad because you did not have these things come out of you. Uh, the reason they didn't is because they only come out when we are natural. And living in America, we're not eating natural food. We're not in a natural society with natural culture. We've been raised by no good, wicked foster parents uh, that didn't teach us this knowledge. And we're not in our nature for it to come out of us like birds, bees, and other creatures of the planet. So right now, in order for us to get where we need to go, we're going to have to study and read. Uh, and I would hope that what we've been given, number one, from the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the minister, those written materials you would pick up uh, from store.finalcall.com and feed your mind and soul. Then number two, uh, if you like some specific books on this science of mating, get before you say I do, after you say I do, and also get a well-made man and black woman second self from God. And let's get back into the, to the study so that we can catch up with what we should have been taught from the time we were born and then recalibrate ourselves where we are back in our as natural black men and black women. And then when we are that, you won't need a book. You'll be a, like the bee. You'll know exactly who to mate with and you'll know how to make a hive. Wow, that was a beautiful closure, Brother Nori. Thank you so much for that. And thank you all again for joining us today. And we now leave you as we came. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. <laughs>